0: What is up? I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And this is What the French Toast. Yo, what is up, my friends? Welcome back to the most random podcast on the internet, Megan. Hi. How are you?
1: I am better. Let's go. I think I'm at like the sexy, sick sounding point now.
0: Yeah, we can go with that.
1: I oh. fucking hate you.
0: <laughs> no, Megan, you're so good. You can't looking. really say
1: anything else without it being weird.
0: You're So sexy, <laughs> Megan. God, look at you. You, hey, are you coming awesome- on to me right now? No.
1: You called me babe like twice in the last I hour. Did.
0: I've been called, dude. I've been, I've been playing extra nice to people recently. I've been, I've been feeling really like nice recently.
1: I know you didn't mean it that way, though, so don't worry. You
0: yeah. don't know how I meant it. You're single lady.
1: I don't care how you meant it. I didn't want you to mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: on some non-weird shit, you'd, uh, you're looking good, dog. I can tell you've been hitting the gym again. You're looking good.
1: Yeah, I have actually been hitting the gym. I'm proud of you. My biceps are huge. Well. No, look, they, they are bigger than they were.
0: Hey, hey,
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
0: they are. Let's go. I told you. Let's go. Bigger Max. than
1: before the surgery. That
0: is facts. Yeah. Even, yo, like, good shit.
1: I've been hitting some like reverse curls and some hammer curls. Let's go. And us like, A bunch of different stuff to like not just make it bigger, but wider too.
0: Damn. That are we still brought. talking about biceps? Yeah. <laughs> Bet. Yeah. Megan, how was your week?
1: It's been good. I've just been getting over being sick. Um, I went on a date this weekend.
0: Oh, yeah? How was that?
1: It was okay. We had a good time. Um, I think we've both mutually at this point decided that it's not panning out.
0: What was his name?
1: David. Fuck.
0: At least it wasn't. Fernando. That would have been... Who, could you imagine <laughs> dating a Fernando?
1: <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh that would be God. so crazy. Yeah, it would be the weirdest thing in the whole world. Oh, anyway. Um but, yeah, so it was good. We went to dinner and got ice cream, and he was a nice guy. I just don't think that there was, like, a spark there. So.
0: Sure. Okay, that's fair. So I both kind of, like,
1: faded out and haven't talked.
0: I went on a date uh, after the last podcast episode.
1: Yeah, I think I remember you mentioning that. How did that go?
0: You know, she's so sweet.
1: Wow. That's like so. That's that's literally saying exactly what I said. Like it went well. There's just no spark.
0: You know, <laughs> she's. uh Well, here's you know,
1: she has a great personality. Damn.
0: Here's my thing. I just. I. I think that. Uh, I'm not from Texas. I'm not Texan. And I I don't fit in well here. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like the tattoos and the nose ring and the I earrings feel that way, even
1: and... though I was I've lived here most of my life. Yeah. But it's because I went to California for a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like I've I broadened my horizons. Sure. And I'm sure, like, I know you didn't go to California specifically, but no, like but... but like all the places you have been, it opens up your world world a little bit for and sure. your mind view. So you're a little bit more open-minded in general, just yeah. about general things. And I feel yeah. like that doesn't fit in that well around here around these parts
0: yeah it doesn't texas is definitely more conservative and then also just on top of that i noticed a lot of that whenever i was in florida i fit in so good in florida which probably is bad to say
1: (laughs) (laughs) especially because you were in miami right
0: no i was in i was in tampa
1: oh okay tampa's not bad bad. i used to work for a company based in tampa let's go yeah
0: um but i fit in so well i mean just like even in well i'll put it this way right like even in terms of just girls and like people that I could see myself having a better just connection with and just like a better everything with. Mm-hmm. I just, it was just, I mean, they're, it's just not Texas people, you know? Like that's just kind of, I'm just, I don't get along the best with Texas people. Yeah, I feel that. Um, And so I think for me, I've just, I've been really like in that headspace. Like I want to like it here so much and I just never really have. And this isn't new, like you guys have known this, but I do, I am actively exploring alternatives at this point as to how I can go back to Colorado and go back and, and live my life in places that I want to actually be
1: I feel like you purposefully mentioned that on the podcast and not outside of the podcast because you knew it would make me sad and I can't be as sad on the podcast <laughs> it's like when you go on a date or when you're going out with someone like you're gonna break up with them and so you just like go to a restaurant instead of breaking up with them in private that's what it <laughs> that's, feels that's like that's a little what it bit is. so I um, won't cause a scene because it's gonna be recorded no, man. No, I understand though. I mean, I I've felt that way for a while too. Not that I I don't feel the need to move though, I think cuz this is just where I grew up, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I can understand that like the vibes. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I just to my to my friends that live in Colorado. Have you I'm,
1: ever considered Austin?
0: I have. I have. I really and honestly like I've got friends that that live in Austin that I could go crash with. Um well, that I could like pay rent to, not not just crash with. But I just it's still like the re, I mean, I, I'm missing the mountains. I miss the snow. I miss just yeah. All but of hill countries out there. Yeah, but it doesn't have snow, and it doesn't have like mountains, and that's really where I want to go back to. I want to. Yeah, go, but I they want to have back it all to the year
1: round. I mean, the mountains do, I guess, but like.
0: But I have like I have I have just I have listen Megan. I'm just saying. <laughs> or Oregon, i have honestly it's been it's between Colorado and Oregon.
1: Oregon would be a good one for me too. I I, I feel like I feel the appeal of of Oregon.
0: One of my best friends, one one of one of. One of one up. My best friend's lives in Oregon.
1: Firefighter guys from Oregon.
0: Mm. Yo, hey, real quick, shout out, fucking dude, Ricky. If you're listening to this, I fucking love you, man. Here, Hi, Ricky. Here, here, dude. Oh, Ricky was on Film Snobs, and he. He doesn't do it anymore. Ricky's engaged
1: congratulations yeah,
0: dude ricky dude for real if you're listening to this dude just real quick shout out <laughs> dude you make me happy bro I'll, I'll fucking love you dog you're a great person i'm glad you're in my life all right now
1: but that was not i at first i thought you were gonna shout out to firefighter guy no and i was like oh <laughs> no shout just out for ricky. what
0: just ricky just ricky we fucking love ricky he's awesome um but yeah uh what else
1: <laughs> that's it for me oh i mean no that's it for me i don't have anything exciting to say yet
0: let's go Oh yet? Yet. yeah, Do we have we have a fucking topic, bro. We have a fucking topic. Well, that's not what
1: I was talking about, but yeah.
0: Did you get? Are you?
1: No, God, <laughs> no.
0: Not me mouthing the words. Are you pregnant? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about microphone. to say. Uh,
1: no, definitely not. Fuck that shit. Um, yeah. I mean, cool to anybody who is or wants to be. That's just not in my cards right now, and that's fine. I don't want it to be. Um, no, I. I it's more so like that rule of like not getting too excited about someone that you've been kind of talking to for a little bit. Oh. Yeah. So, and I say a little bit, uh, 24 hours.
0: Have so. we, Oh, okay. <laughs> Is this somebody that we know already? No. Good. <laughs> I thought it was going to be that one guy. Which one? You know.
1: Tuxedo guy? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no. I was like, not the fourth fucking time. No, he had his chances and... Four times. Fuck those up. Three of so. them.
0: Um. Okay, hold on. What's interesting about my dating life? I feel like there's something that happened that I can share.
1: I don't have a nickname for this guy yet because it's literally only been 24 hours. Let's go.
0: So. I'm talking to a girl right now, actually. Hey, dude, okay. This girl, she... <sighs>
1: If you're listening, I'm sorry. We're, we might be talking shit in about three seconds. Nah, oh,
0: dude, hold on. I'm trying to think. This girl's cool. I'm talking to a couple of people. I ain't gonna lie to you. And I don't think any of them listen to this podcast. There's a girl that I'm talking to from Argentina. She just moved here 15 days ago. Is that bad? I'm not like, I like I mean, like I haven't. Ma'am's we...
1: passport isn't even just stamped yet. Dude, like
0: I know. <laughs> She's so cute. Has her
1: stuff even gone through customs yet?
0: I don't even know. I think she might just want me to marry her so she can get a green
1: card. Doesn't work that way anymore, unfortunately. That
0: good? I know she's not using me for my citizenship.
1: She might not know that, but it doesn't work that way.
0: Oh fuck! She's like, actually, he's too white for me. I just need to get here and stay here. I uh, listen, I'm. We have a podcast. We've got a what on all, all together on all platforms. We've had like forty thousand views slash listens. Yeah, a little over. If anybody that listens to this is Norwegian and just wants a husband, yo, I'm here, man. Dude,
1: <laughs> okay. I don't Please, know why. Concept,
0: I ha- WTFTpodcast.com. Please reach out to me.
1: I have a bit of a soft spot for gingers. Ah. I've never actually dated a ginger. And Firefighter Guy, I guess his beard, was like he? his mustache was a little bit tingy okay. red, but it could have just been like blonde. But he was bald, so it was hard to. Yeah, he
0: was bald. That's sucks. So I'm not
1: sure what color his actual hair is. But, um, yeah, I've always had a soft spot for gingers. I just happen to find them extremely attractive in sure. general. But I matched with an Australian ginger. And I was like, first of all, how have you not melted yet? Hey,
0: yo. Right. Like,
1: but, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know that we've actually communicated or that it's been great. I don't remember. So, obviously, it's not going that well. But
0: Okay, fair.
1: I was just pointing that out because you were talking about international and something about if someone points out that they have an accent, like even there's a guy from Boston. And I was like, does he have an accent? Yeah. Like, because I could be into that. You know what i Like, not that a Boston accent is like the sexiest thing sure, on the planet. But like, sure. maybe it's because I'm just so used to being around other southern people mm-hmm. that anything different kind of stands out to me. Facts.
0: There's this girl that I've been talking to for the past week. And I work with her. Nice. At school that I'm at. And I according to the rules of my school cannot ask her out because yeah. But I'm gonna say this. I'm going to. <laughs> Tomorrow's my last day at the school and uh, I'm definitely gonna
1: Oh, well then yeah. I'm
0: definitely gonna try and, and grab her number there. Um speaking of my job, my boss frustrated me. So you know that school that I was at that was just being an asshole about everything? Yeah. This school is right down the road from that school uh-huh. and this is their sister school. Today, I had a lady come up to me and I have a lot of tattoos, you know, especially on my left arm. Mm-hmm. Got a nose got facial piercings, earrings. Mm-hmm. Um and she came up to me and she goes, "Did I see you at X's, like so and so school okay, up, like about about a, about a month ago?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And she was like, "Yo. They didn't like you." And I was like, "No, I I know." And she goes, "But do you know why?" She goes, and then she pulls up her arm or she's wearing long sleeves, she pulled up her sleeve and she had this entire like sleeve on her arm and she had a nose ring and she had earrings and she goes they fucking hate us.
1: It's really truly that's one of the reasons why I never pursued becoming a teacher in Texas mm. because I just don't feel like one I would even be a candidate for hire. Sure. Because of my tattoos and piercings? Sure. And I mean I can take out piercings, I can get smaller jewelry, but yeah. I can't get rid of what tattoos I already have. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I can not get more. Or get them in less conspicuous places. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, so if I ever did become a teacher, it would have to be in a different state. Sure, like, there's just no. I just sure. don't really or like in Austin or something where it's a little bit more like blue.
0: Um. But yeah. The so my, my boss I my boss called today and and you know I told him I was like yo that teacher even said like they hate her and she works at the school as an aide and they don't even like her and she doesn't and so my, my I was telling my boss that and he goes no that's an excuse that's it's not, not what it is and i'm like fucking sir
1: it's not i mean i'm not trying to be like i'm discriminated against same thing? because i have tattoos and piercings but people do especially around here yeah like i'm Facts. not saying it's discrimination that that feels a little bit too like harsh if that makes sense but i do feel like people look at you differently if you have lots of tattoos and piercings or if you're like more edgy or whatever than yeah. like other people
0: in Colorado when I did this job, we had a principal who, oh, my God, she was so fucking beautiful. She had, like, tattoos, like, up her neck, like, the most beautiful tattoo sleeves. And she was fit. Oh, she was fit. Yo, listen, if you're listening to this, please call me.
1: I remember whenever I started my senior year in California... I was shocked that teachers had tattoos. Like, I remember teachers growing up here in Texas, like, having, like, an ankle tattoo, like, a little butterfly or, yeah. you know, something like that, but, like, nothing crazy. Not like you. <laughs> but, like, she had, like, full-blown sleeves, and, like, they would wear, like, if she wore, like, you know, board shorts or something, yeah. you know, like, not, like, short shorts, but, you know, like, knee shorts. Um, you could see, like, her leg tattoos and stuff, too. And I was, like, that's so surprising. Like, I was so impressed and happy yeah. that it was, like, normal there like it wasn't a big deal nobody looked at her differently or she could teach less sure. effectively because she got tattoos you know what i'm saying yeah so
0: anyway are you ready to start this topic
1: um yes but
0: Ooh.
1: don't forget that we still have a few weeks left to get a special deal
0: oh 30 off
1: on our exclusive merch hey,
0: yo what's the
1: website skylar
0: wtftpodcast.com slash shop
1: And the code is WTFT30, WTFT30.
0: All right now. Hey, yo, cop your merch, WTFTPodcast.com slash shop 30% off up until the end of November. Happy Thanksgiving, fuckers. Are you ready for this?
1: Oh, yeah. This is the Thanksgiving episode. I forgot.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, people.
1: If you celebrate it or whatever.
0: Or whatever. Like if
1: you're American and you know Listen, regardless, (laughs) I get a week
0: off of work that's PTO. I'm fine.
1: I wish I did. Anyways, let's get started. All right, everybody, you buckled in, you got hey. your water, your snacks. <laughs> I got my water. I'm not allowed to have snacks on the podcast, though. Scholar doesn't like it when you eat on the podcast.
0: No, I don't. That's facts. I don't.
1: Dude, I mean, I don't of- like it either. I don't want to listen to someone eat. I'm. I apologize for that one episode a long time ago where I think I ate like a tuna sandwich <laughs> yeah, you're or something. Fucking Cheetos <laughs> and Cheetos.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. Yo, okay, can we just for a second? I am so fucking done with. This goddamn inflation.
1: I don't know why the fuck you had to yell like that.
0: That's cause how that's how done I am.
1: I'm gonna have to edit it and make it quiet. Uh, that <laughs> uh, That that peaked so
0: hard. Yo, okay, I went to Chipotle earlier, okay, and I fucking paid twenty dollars for a burrito.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. That's with why I don't go to Chipotle. No guac. That's why I don't go to Chipotle. I had to budget the guac out because it was already 20 bucks. It's not even that good. And then then it's
0: expensive. It didn't even fill me up. I'm still so hungry. I'm about to have to go back and
1: eat something else after this podcast. I need to eat dinner too.
0: Oh, then I'm an asshole. I got a haircut.
1: I didn't notice. Oh, (laughs) actually? No, actually I didn't. Normally I do notice, but I didn't. Dick. I'm sorry. I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) Cough. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 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 i'm also sick of inflation um it's it's rough out here but that's not the point of this no podcast.
0: really fast i was listening to this thing today and it said that it was talking about how inflation to to live uh, to, to now at this point in 2023 to live at a median base salary it's about 50 dollars an hour and then you got like McDonald's starts off at 16 an hour now, but then you got fucking you, you got jobs that require bachelor's degrees that want to start off at 15, which is less than McDonald's pays. And I'm like, Hey, I don't hear a lie. I hear no lies. No lies have been detected and it's kind of ridiculous.
1: You lost me. Um, No, but I agree that it's ridiculous. It's difficult to find a good paying job. That you actually qualify for because when you put your qualifications on paper it's like the only thing you qualify for is mcdonald's but like
0: are you shot are you shooting at me right now no i'm Was just a shot no not
1: specifically you i'm just talking She's about like talking about me like it just seems like it doesn't unless you've gone and gotten a master's degree in like programming right like you don't qualify for anything anymore
0: facts people are gonna ask me one day like what do you do for a living and i'll be like i have a podcast and they gonna be like oh that's so cool so you're unemployed and be like, yeah.
1: But like, guess Fuck. what? I work from my damn self. Hey, yo.
0: Yo, so make sure you like and follow this podcast. Anyway, all right. For, anyway, Anyways, so much of a tangent. Well, Are you ready for this topic, guys?
1: I hope so, because if it's we didn't happening. depress you with inflation, we're gonna depress you with some uh death. So
0: Oh shit.
1: Um Yeah. So trigger warning if you're like impacted by the death of like a thousand everybody? people everybody? Yeah, you should probably not listen to this episode.
0: <laughs> For context, my friends, this episode is about the Titanic.
1: It is. It is about the Titanic. Which
0: I guess you knew that given the title of this episode, What the Titanic, two question marks.
1: Probably something like that, yeah.
0: We don't know what the title is yet.
1: I We'll see how I feel whenever I, I make the title.
0: What the French toast dude could have fed on the door.
1: Okay, I... Purposely did not go into depth of the Titanic movie because. Yeah, there
0: was a lot of uh, not true things. Well, not, l- yeah. <laughs> okay. Not not true, just not accurate.
1: Comparatively, they had to change it for cinematic effect. Oh, for sure. Right, like, but also they did do some things accurately as far as, like, you know, just in general, you know, the amount of death and the boat and stuff, you know. <laughs> Carry the boat. Yeah, we got to carry it in boats. Carry yeah, them in boats. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about the Titanic talk today. To the I have lots of background and information about the Titanic. Hey. And I know nobody expected this, but I hyperfixated and went down a fucking rabbit hole.
0: Rab-be- yeah, you really did. You want to know how many notes she has? Uh, Don't, r-
1: tell him cause <clears throat> Don't tell them
0: because then they're going to click off. Don't tell them. Don't tell them.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun information. Don't tell them. I'm not going to tell you how many. I'm just (laughs) going to tell you that it's a lot of fun information. And if you were like me and you're apparently a boat girly, here we go.
0: Hey, let's go. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's go. All
1: right. So, of course, the Titanic.
0: The Titanic.
1: Was a really big boat.
0: No shot. Yeah,
1: I know. And it was built in Belfast, Northern Ireland. We love those Irish. In a little town called the Titanic Quarter. Oh. I don't think it was called that. Previously to the okay. boat being built there, I think <laughs> that it was called that post, you know.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Tragedy. That makes sense.
1: Um, and it took three years to build. That was, is
0: fast.
1: Especially because it was finished in 1911. Yeah, that's quick. Did you know that it was that long ago? Uh, like I, I, knew yeah, I knew it was that early the 1900s. The was in 1912. Yeah. I thought it was like 1920 something. <laughs> um, and the Titanic was the second of three Olympic class ocean liners. Don't ask me what the fuck that means, because I could not find out what classifies a boat as an Olympic class versus, like, regular class. I mean, you know what I'm saying?
0: Uh, probably size.
1: I'm assuming that. Yeah. Um, the number one boat in this, like, series was the RMS Olympic, and the last boat in the series was the HMHS Britannic, and the Titanic a. was named in reference to the Titans of Greek mythology, and... These three ships were the largest ships in the fleet of White Starline, which is like the company, I guess. I don't know. And on that fleet, they also had 29 steamers and tenders um, as of 1912. Let's go. So, yeah. And at the time, it would have cost about 3 million pounds to build an Olympic class ship.
0: That's ridiculous. Do you want to know
1: how much money that is today? Billions. I looked it up. Billions. It's 440 million three hundred and sixty thousand five
0: hundred and thirty eight
1: pounds wow or, and that's a
0: that's a small cruise ship
1: if you're american it's five hundred and forty three million four hundred and seven one hundred and five thousand
0: jesus and 69 cents you know have you seen that picture that's it because the titanic was a small cruise ship in comparison to today's like cruise ships i have didn't you s-
1: do the comparison
0: have you haven't seen that picture
1: no but i do have the measurements
0: Okay, go for it.
1: So the Titanic was 882 feet and nine inches long, and it had a maximum breadth of 92 feet and six inches. Oh, that's significantly smaller.
0: Yeah, the Titanic was a small ship.
1: Um, the total height was 104 feet, and she displaced 52,310 tons, which I'm not really sure what that means because it's not the weight of the ship itself. Dang but that means that while sitting in the water, I guess it moved that much water just being on the surface. Yeah. Um, and so all three of these Olympic class ships had 10 decks and that included the top uh, or excluding the top of the officer's quarters. Now this is going to be a you thing because I've never been on a cruise ship before. Um, so correct me if any of this is wrong, no. but eight of these decks were used for passenger use and from top to yeah. bottom, they were the... So from top to bottom, the top deck was the boat deck. That's where they kept all the life. This is actually what the Titanic's was. Yeah. I'm not sure that what it'll be like on other ships, but no, just... No, I'm just
0: trying... Yeah, no, yeah, you're um,
1: In general, like if I say what the deck is, but it's wrong, if that makes sense. Sure. So that's where they kept all the lifeboats. The A deck was the promenade deck, and it extended across the entire 546 feet length. And it was reserved for the first class passengers and had first class cabins, the lounge, smoke room, reading and writing rooms, and the palm court. Um, the B deck, which was the bridge deck, was the top weight bearing deck and had the uppermost level, or was on the uppermost level of the hull of the ship, which is like the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> more first pass or first class passengers accommodations were here, and then there was some. Um, uh, cabins, staterooms, and then there was also the a la carte restaurant and the Cafe Parisian, which was the luxury dining facility for the first class passengers, and the second class smoking room was on this deck as well. Nice. Um and then there was also like machinery and and stuff of that aft of the bridge deck, which I'm not sure what that means. Aft is back. Back of the bridge deck um was the raised poop deck and um in case you don't know what that is, I put a comment here. Um, a poop deck is the deck that forms the roof of a cabin that's built in the rear of a ship. Um, and that's it. That's all I have to tell you. Uh.
0: <laughs> I actually didn't know what that was. Like, we we don't use that phrase
1: uh, I anymore. think, I feel like it's like an older thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I hear pirates saying that.
0: Get out. <laughs> I, hey, and, I'm not going to say it. But anyway, go ahead.
1: And that deck specifically was 106 feet long and was used by the third class passengers and it was where many of the Titanic's passengers and crew made their last stand as the ship sank. And then there's the sea deck, which is the shelter deck. And it's the highest deck to run interrupted from stern to stern, which is the side of the boat to the side of the boat. Right? Not the front to the back. From
0: stern to stern? Uh, yeah, yeah. Front to back would be aft to forward. So. Okay,
1: so yeah. Stern to stern would be like from the side, from side to side. So basically it was like the open deck Um, of the, of the boat or the ship and it included both well decks and the one at the back of the ship was part of the third class promenade. And then crew cabins were housed, um, below the forecastle and which is, I guess, at the front of the ship. And then the third class public rooms were housed below the poop deck, which was on the deck above. So, um, and then there was like more first class and second class cabins and the second class library. Then there was the D deck, which is the saloon deck, and that was dominated by three large public rooms and uh, the dining saloon and then an open space for third class passengers. And then the um, there was also just more cabins um, as well as cabins for firemen as well. Nice. And then it was also the highest level that was reached by the ship's watertight um, bulkheads, which is like really important on ships. And that's what protects the ship if it gets damaged. um, They're watertight, so the water doesn't continue into the boat. Right, And uh, it's the highest level that's reached by them, but there's only eight of the 15 of the bulkheads that were on the ship that reached that high, if that makes sense. No, that's right. Um, E-deck, which was the upper deck, which is not true because it was actually, it's one of the lower decks because we're working top to bottom here, um, was predominantly used for passenger accommodation and um also had rooms for the cooks stewards trimmers and that type of thing and it was uh, it had a little passageway nicknamed scotland road which is a reference to a famous street in liverpool and it was used by the third class passengers and crew members so it's kind of like only the lowly people were allowed there
0: maybe it's because like i've spent so much time on a cruise ship but i feel like i'm getting a pretty it's like Like a a nice nice little depiction of like what the, the titanic actually looked like in my head that's cool yeah
1: you're welcome i hope this is helpful for everyone because i like i said went on a deep dive that's cool and most people probably don't care about this but i think it's pretty interesting and kind of puts it to perspective you know that the the first and second class passengers were higher on the boat closer to the top uh, higher above the water versus the lower class passengers and the crew members were on the decks that were lower if not in the hull under the water um in you know technically. F deck, which was the middle deck, was the last complete deck and mainly accommodated second and third class passengers and of course the crew. And then there was the third class dining saloon as well as a swimming pool, Turkish bath, and kennels for like pets. The G deck, which was the lower deck, was the lowest complete deck that carried passengers and had the lowest portholes just above the waterline. They had a squash court, a traveling post office, um that's where they sorted the letters and parcels whenever they like
0: i'd imagine that's for the crew
1: yeah well the squash court is like somewhere that the passengers can go and play squash because that's a game yeah um but or like if you have a letter that you want to drop off you know at the post office when you dock they will take those to whatever you know local post office is there and then they also stored the food there, and the, uh, but it was kind of interrupted at several points by um, partial decks that were kind of over the boiler and the engine room and mm-hmm. the turbine, roo- turbine rooms. So, And those are called Orlop decks, and that's what the next uh, and the last level is. Um, where they're the lowest level of the ship below the waterline. So the last one is kind of mid waterline because it has the lowest portholes okay. on the ship that are just above the waterline. Okay. And then this one is now below the waterline. And um, these decks were used as cargo spaces. Um, the They provided platforms for the boilers, the engines, turbines, generators. And this was occupied. Um, pa- passengers wouldn't have been you know able to come down here. This would have been completely prohibited for them. And, but they were connected the bottom deck was connected to the top decks by like hidden stairwells yeah. that only staff would know about yeah. um
0: i was about to say just just for like um context too if anybody's wondering we uh whenever i worked on the cruise ships like every cruise ship what you see is like passengers right so you're like walking around you're going through like you're going to your comedy clubs and you're going to your you know your events in the theater and you're going to wherever you're going to your bars to wherever Mm -hmm. wherever you're going on your cruise ship behind all the walls that you see we call them like the veins or at least i would call it like the veins of the cruise ship there's little secret passages and tunnels and stuff that that we get to go because you know for us like for example for me as you know in my position that I did there would be a lot of times that it's just like shit I'm I'm on the complete opposite end of the ship and I have to get like say you know forward like i say I'm aft right like I have mm-hmm. to get forward like asap if but, I'm taking passenger routes it's going to yeah, take me 30 taking minutes taking elevators going yeah.
1: stairs maneuvering through passengers yeah. uh, around passengers without interrupting them cuz you can't cuz it's uh, well, their thing it's kind of like then... Disney how Disney has all their secret passages yes. way- passageways for crew members yeah. where there's a whole backstage you know that you just have never seen never will see know nothing about yeah it's completely separate world from the actual main yeah like thing
0: um but yeah we'll get that into because like you know in in a position of like entertainment which is what i was in the cruise ship dude you get everybody like every time you step out into the public everybody's like. skylar and you get they ask you like 55 questions so yeah there's just like a bunch of little secret passages mm-hmm. even on a cruise ship it's the same thing um it's its own little world down there we have our own crew bar we have our own cabins we have our mm-hmm. own showers we have our own gym we have our own everything it's really cool
1: yeah i imagine that it is i've never been on a cruise ship so i wouldn't know i've been on a ferry though
0: A same thing exactly the same thing
1: um. But I was like a kid the last time I was on a ferry. So those like, are so cool. I was like twelve. It was wild to me when my dad was like, "We're going on a ferry." I didn't know what the fuck that was. I <laughs> like, like take her I grew out? up in I grew up in <laughs> Texas. We don't have fucking ferries. We don't have that
0: shit anywhere yeah. because there's
1: no water
0: yeah.
1: or no big enough bodies of water that you have to take a ferry across. That'd
0: be but when well, we were I, in, I, That's false. Uh, Galveston, Corpus.
1: Um, I don't. I didn't grow up there. I've only been to Galveston one time in my whole life, sure. and I was like twenty-one when I did that.
0: Yeah, that's it's not um, a great place to be.
1: But yeah, and I was like absolutely floored when we were like pulling up my dad's like we're going on a ferry and then we didn't park the car and get out and walk we pulled that fucking car onto the goddamn boat and just kept on going (laughs) yeah and then he was like we can get out now and i was like excuse me
0: what i don't
1: think i'd ever been on a boat before that's
0: wild
1: so like not only was it a boat but it was a ferry and then it was in fucking the pacific northwest yeah you know up by like Alaska, and because yeah. we were going from like not Seattle, but like there, like you know Seattle area to Victoria, BC. Yeah. So we had to go like around, you know, Washington. Yeah. You know, and so it was cold. That's sick. Even though it was a summer, it was ridiculous. Anyways,
0: shout out to Megan Zad. You're a rock star. We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, it's, you're pretty cool. Um, so let's talk about. The day that the Titanic set sail.
0: Oh, shit. The maiden voyage, as they say.
1: Yes, the maiden voyage. Um, the only voyage. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, that would
0: be the last one.
1: <laughs> um, so, oh, I thought I wrote down what day it was. I'm going to look up the day real quick. All right. Um, so, the Titanic set sail on april 10th 1912 hey so like a year after it was finished yeah but they have to do like safety tests Mm -hmm. and stuff like that
0: well then it's just because it's finished doesn't mean it's like outfitted with any
1: exactly yeah like the actual structure of the boat was completed but they still had to make it pretty on the inside make it a luxury ship because that's what the point of this was was to replace some of these um older crew liners and stuff that we're using to transport people from um southampton that's not how you say it, but that's how I'm saying it because I'm a, a United Stater. Um, a United
0: <clears throat> Stater?
1: But Southampton, wherever the fuck that is in um, Europe to New York specifically to get people you know across that channel. So um, on the day of its maiden voyage, Titanic had around 885 crew members. Captain Edward John Smith was the most senior of the White Star Line captains and he was transferred from the Olympic to take command of the Titanic.
0: Nice, let's go.
1: Henry Tingle Wild came from the Olympic <laughs> to take post as chief mate and the previously designated chief mate and first officers were bumped down the ranks to first and second officer respectively and then there were other people from the original staff of the Titanic that they had like original that had been like testing it that was like completely kicked out. So they, huh. they really picked like their top people from their, their, um, fleet yeah. to come in and like, man, this ship, nice. um, the majority of this other, the rest of the staff, cause that's only like four people, at it. um, the rest of the staff were going to be engineers, firemen, stokers. They were responsible for looking after the engines, um, you know, steward and galley staff responsible for passengers and the rest was res- represented, you know, bakers, chefs, Butchers, fishmongers, dishwashers, stewards, gym instructors, laundrymen, waiters, bedmakers—you know, even a printer um, who produced a daily newspaper for the passengers. Hey, imagine that! Was called the Atlantic Daily Bulletin, and it was res- um, printed with the new- the latest news received by ship's wireless operators, which I guess is like radio, but yeah, for
0: 1912. For
1: 1912, telegraphs. <laughs> um like other ships at the same time they didn't have a permanent crew and i think that's pretty common even nowadays you know um, for ships to not have like a permanent like it's always going to be the same captain it's always going to be the same you know staff but i think it's less it's it was more common back then if that makes sense
0: yeah no i mean ships nowadays definitely don't have the same i mean everybody goes I, i would say that it's like you're you're like three striped three. 0.5 mm-hmm. striped officers those are going to be the ones that basically get ship assignments uh and not all of them but you've got your like captain right mm-hmm. like nowadays your captain's gonna be more or less on the same ship or the whole time um you've got your just 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 certain people throughout the yeah. cruise ship but yeah not um, not ever like you're you're like literally anybody under three stripes
1: it's going to be moving around. going to be moving around all the time. And so this is um, wasn't uncommon to not have a permanent crew, but I feel like this one took it to a whole nother level. Um, because most of the crew for this specific voyage for the Titanic were actually workers who had only come aboard the ship a few hours before they sailed. Um, they signed on in Southampton on April 6th. And all in all, 699 of the crew people came from there, and 40% of the natives were from Southampton. Let's go. So, out of, what was it, 855 people, 700 of those are people who signed on like three days before um, the ship set sailed. Nice. They weren't even crew people, really, If that or, or like ship crew, you know what I'm saying, like had experience or anything like that. Oh, um,
0: they started with the company three days?
1: yes like signed on to come and work on the work on a ship like they they might have been like experienced chefs or experienced firemen but they were not experienced firemen on ships does that make sense sure um
0: i wouldn't say that's entirely uncommon
1: i mean i wouldn't say it it's like that alarming right like if you can cook a pizza you can cook a pizza (laughs) on a boat as long as you have the stuff to cook the pizza right you know but
0: worry about that seasickness. that's the only thing
1: but, if these are people it, they're all from the same area forty percent of these people were from Southampton. They were not from other places. It wasn't like they just brought in a bunch of people who were skilled in their fields. They picked the most skilled out of who was available in this town that they were shipping out of <coughs> um a few of the specialist staff were self employed or were subcontractors, mm-hmm. so like again, that would have been the postal clerks um the staff for the a la carte first-class restaurant and the cafe Parisian and the radio operators and then the musicians. Um, and they were employed by an agency and then traveled as second-class passengers when they weren't working. Um, the, the pay varied really greatly between, between the crew. Captain Smith made 105 pounds a month, which would be equivalent to 11,000 uh, pounds a month today.
0: Jesus mate.
1: And then, um,
0: please let me have that job
1: the stewardess earn or the stewardess has earned three pounds and that would be a month and that would be equivalent to about 370 pounds a month today i didn't um, convert those over to u.s dollars but i think it's i mean it's pretty easy to see yeah you know what i mean and the lower paid staff could supplement their wages through like tips so this would be like the bellhops the cleaning people you know those types of things could get tips from nice staff or from passengers as well the number of passengers was approximately 1,317 people they they expect that there was about 324 people in first class 284 people in second class and then 709 people in third class um random fun facts but of these like roughly 1300 people 869 of them, um, which was about 66%, were male. 447 of them, which was about 34%, were female. And then there was 107 um, children aboard, and most of them were in third class.
0: For those of you wondering what like the class difference differential is, I would probably assume that that's just... I wouldn't, it's just how much money you, it's It's, the niceness of the cabin. Do you have a balcony? Do you have a, do you have a room that doesn't even have a porthole? Like, yeah, it
1: would be the equivalent to like flying nowadays where it's like, are you flying economy? or Are you flying first class? Like there's like these levels of like, um, richness to the right. passengers so i don't know if i put it in here or not because it wasn't 100 i don't think i could find anything that specifically mentioned how much tickets costed costed that's not a
0: word <laughs> um, all right megan
1: <laughs> but in theory like someone who didn't who, not who didn't have a lot of money but didn't want to spend as much money would buy a third class ticket maybe someone who had a little bit more money to spend would buy a second class and then like the richest of the rich bought the first class you're
0: buying those sweets baby um getting in those sweets
1: yeah and um, uh, but considering this fact um the ship was actually under capacity on the first voy- voyage she could have accommodated about 2453 passengers mm. but they estimate that there was only about 1317 people so she was like less than half or like right around mm, like, like 60%, you know. Wow. Like a lot less than what she could have um carried. Yeah. Um you would expect it to be fully booked, but because there was a national coal strike in the UK, it had caused a disruption to shipping schedules in the spring of that year, and so it caused a lot of like crossings from you know the UK to the US to be canceled, and many of the passengers that would have gone on the ship had chosen to postpone their travel plans um, until the strike was over. Sorry, and the strike had finished a few days before the Titanic set sail. However, it was too late um, to have much of an effect on people because like financially you're still recovering mm-hmm. mentally, you're still recovering. Um, so yeah, it was, um, only able to set s- sail on the scheduled date because coal was transferred from other vessels <laughs> that were tied up at the same docks, like the SS, uh, city of New York and the RMS oceanic, as well as coal that the Olympic had brought back from a previous trip to New York and was being stored at the dock. Um, Oh, I put this in there twice. <laughs> um, so, oh, I did put the date. Um, yeah, so it began on Wednesday, April 10th, 1912, and was planned to arrive at the New York Pier 59 on the morning of April 17th, 1912. Began at noon as scheduled, and unfortunately an accident was narrowly averted only a few minutes after Good Lord, guys. Um, they left. Uh, as the Titanic passed a docked ship of the SS uh, city of New York and then the Oceanic, um, there was a displacement, a huge displacement of water, which caused both of the smaller ships to be lifted by a big bulge of water and then dropped into a trough. And the mooring cables for the New York could not be like couldn't take that sudden mm-hmm. you know impact and they snapped and swung it around um, stern first towards the Titanic. And fortunately, a nearby tugboat came to the rescue and pulled the New York under tow. And then Captain Smith uh, ordered the Titanic's engines to be put, full astern which i think means really fucking fast um and the two ships avoided collision by a distance of about four feet it's a big that's wild like, like you think four feet's like oh that's a good gap. not that's when you're the distance like
0: between you and me right now
1: not when you're big ass fucking ships Yeah, and if you hit it could be very bad um, so it, it eventually it of course delayed the titanic's departure for about an hour while they were trying to get this boat under control because it's literally just like floating around yeah. in this marina you know um so after they made it through the near disaster they headed for the french port of cherbourg i'm not saying that right i'm sure which was about uh, 77 nautical miles or 89 miles for people who don't know what that means and the weather was really windy and fine but cold and it was overcast um the dock here lacked the facilities for the ship of a si- the size of the titanic so tenders had to be used to transfer passengers from the shore to the ship and from what i understand a tender is essentially just a smaller boat
0: those are the lifeboats
1: um yeah but but they seem to be these ones seem to be nicer than just like a lifeboat
0: um well it's uh, excuse me on modern day cruise ships tender boats are lifeboats but yeah tender boat is a boat Uh, Does it say, I'm sure they were on the ship, but yeah, a tender boat is just a boat that nowadays it's on the ship. You literally just drop the boats and uh, they're all, you know, nowadays. So it says
1: here that the boat was met by, that the Titanic when it arrived, was met by the tenders. So I assume that that they knew they were coming to this dock, obviously, because they had to tell people, like that's how they, you know, there's like manifests and stuff. And so when they knew they were coming there, they knew what time roughly they were gonna be there. The dock had, you know, both uh, tenders ready. And so they they brought on 274 more passengers, and then 24 passengers left to be like, to stay, in this uh, French uh, city that they went to um, because they only just wanted like passage from Southampton to France or whatever. And it was completed in about 90 minutes. And at 8 PM, the Titanic weighed anchor and left for Queenstown. And it was just, you know, the weather was cold and windy. Um, At 1130 AM on Thursday, April 11th, the Titanic arrived at Cork Harbor on the South coast of Ireland. And it was partly cloudy, but warm and again the dock facilities were not suitable for a ship this big and so tenders were used to bring passengers aboard they brought on 123 more passengers and um, another seven people left because they just you know had booked overnight passage and they disembarked Um, among the seven people that left was a man named francis brown and he was a jesuit trainee who was a photographer and he took lots of photographs aboard the titanic including one of the last known photographs of the ship. Nice. Now, the very last photograph was taken by another cross-channel passenger named Kate O'Dell. Um, so she had already gotten off the boat at some point. Um, I guess she was the very last one who left the boat, technically. And um, they dis- uh, an unofficial departure was that of a crew member named John Coffey, who was a Queenstown native who no snuck way. off the ship by hiding under mailbags that were being transported to shore. And then they weighed anchor for the last time at 1.30 and departed um, across the Atlantic.
0: Shout out John Coffey.
1: Yep, and uh, you, K. Brother. O'Dell and Francis Brown.
0: Uh, John Coffey is my favorite character from my favorite movie, The Green Mile.
1: Oh, uh, never seen it. So... The first three days of the voyage from Queenstown across the Atlantic passed with no incidents. Um, apparently, a fire had been uh, had begun on one of the coal bunkers. Nice job. Approximately ten days prior, before
0: the Titanic set there.
1: the ship the ship left, and it had burned several days into the voyage. But yep. passengers were unaware of the situation, and they and fires occur pretty recent, frequently on steamships, ships yep. Um, due to combustion of coal, so it wasn't something that they really needed to alarm anybody about at that point anyways even though it had been going for a while um they had been extinguished by fire hoses and then it was it was extinguished on april 14th and then there had been some speculation and discussion as to whether the fire and attempts to distinguish it could have potentially made the ship more vulnerable to sinking yeah Uh, i'm sure you're going to cover that but i just wanted to mention it yeah Uh, so of course while they were drifting through this um, area, the Titanic actually received a bunch of warnings from other ships, ships um, because of drifting ice, which was in the area of Grand Banks um, of Newf- Newfoundland, which is where, you know, the tragedy happened. And Captain Smith ignored them. One of the ships was, uh, had attempted to warn the Titanic, or that had attempted to warn the Titanic, was Atlantic Line's Masaba. Either way, um, the Titanic continued at full speed, at, which was standard practice at the time anyway. So it really didn't wasn't that alarming, um, even with the drifting ice. Um, but they weren't trying to like be fast. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't trying to set a speed record of like make it across the ocean and.
0: I mean years. that is that is a theory. I didn't cover it, but that is a theory.
1: Um, it was a priority to um you know keep time and just be on time. Um, for various reasons but um, ships were still operated close to full speed at the time and as ice warnings were seen as advisories it wasn't something that was super um, alarming and it was relied upon the bridge and the you know the captain and the captain's uh, crew to keep an eye out you know what I mean um, and it was generally believed that ice posed little to no danger to larger vessels like the Titanic but close calls were not uncommon and, um, even head-on collisions, but, um, head-on collisions had not been disastrous in the past. And in 1907, the SS Kronpins Wilhelm, which was a German liner, rammed into an That's iceberg. That's why you
0: said it so good. You and your German, Megan. You and your German. You're, you're good at this.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, literally they had, says
0: German with no problem whatsoever.
1: <laughs> they had rammed into an iceberg, but still completed the voyage. Hey. And, um. Uh,
0: Wish it would have worked out for us, boys. Yeah,
1: Captain Smith of the Titanic said in 1907 that he could not imagine any condition um, which would cause a ship to founder. Okay. Modern shipbuilding has gone beyond that.
0: Hey, listen, man. They did say it was the unsinkable ship of dreams.
1: Um. So see
0: how that turned out.
1: <laughs> we're near the end, y'all. We're near the end. Um, we got to get to the good part, which is the fact that the... Boat fucking sank. Damn it. Um so Fuck. at eleven forty PM ship time. Spoilers. Which is apparently a relevant fact to note because I guess depending on where the actual boat was, obviously it'd have been different times in different places. Um a lookout named Frederick Fleet hey. spotted an iceberg immediately ahead of the Titanic and he alerted the bridge. What a name. Which was exactly what he was supposed to do. First Officer William Murdoch ordered the ship to be steered around the iceberg and the engines to be reversed but it was too late and instead of making a direct impact like head on to this iceberg um it kind of seemed to graze along the side of the iceberg which actually ended up sprinkling fragments along the forward deck and um the starboard side which is what side the left side or the right side
0: the starboard side yeah um left side
1: so the starboard or left side of the Titanic struck the iceberg, which actually created a series of holes below the waterline. The hole itself was not actually punctured, but rather dented, and that seems um, in, in such a way that it buckled and separated, if that makes sense. So it wasn't that the ti- that the iceberg like punched a hole through the side of the ship. It was just that the way that they dent it dented the pieces of steel that were. You know, bolted together, they buckled. So the actual craft craftsmanship is called into question here. Yeah. Um, and with that, that allowed water to rush in. Five of the watertight compartments were breached. Now remember, this boat or this ship only has 15. Fair. Um, of the what are they called bulkheads?
0: Yeah, watertight so, doors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So five of those had been breached, and it soon became clear that the Titanic would sink because, of course, you cannot. Um, this boat specifically. I don't know if it's the same as other boats, but um, it could not remain afloat with more than four compartments flooded. So it's pretty clear something was going to happen. You know what I'm saying?
0: Hey, real fast. um, You asked me starboard side. Starboard side is left side, but I was thinking about that from the aspect of like, I'm looking at the ship standing directly in front of it outside the ship. If you're on the ship, starboard side is right side.
1: Okay, well, starboard side, for those who care.
0: Okay, sorry.
1: (laughs) Whatever, regardless, the side of the boat, Is where this happened not the front it wasn't a head-on like thing um so the boat actually began sinking bow first bow Mm -hmm. bow what is that side front front first and um the water actually started to begin to spill from compartment to compartment because her angle in the water became uh steeper Um, on the titanic passengers and crew were very ill prepared for an emergency And um in accordance with accepted practices at the time of this, um, ships were seen unsinkable and lifeboats were intended to transfer passengers to other rescue boats, not to actually rescue people. Um so it only had enough lifeboats to carry half of the passengers that were on board. But keeping in mind, this is half of the current passengers that are on board. Not half not even half of the maximum capacity which we're not even at right now. Yeah. Like we're not even at half capacity and we still don't even have enough boats to carry half of those people. Um if if the ship had enough or basically the That's ship would wild. need to have enough lifeboats to carry 3339 passengers and crew.
0: And it didn't have right. enough to even do a quarter of that.
1: Um, and it really only could have done about a third um, of that in the lifeboats. And that's maximum secure or like maximum, I think. Wow. Um,
0: wow. Another that's crazy. factor
1: here is that the crew had not been trained. In carrying out evacuations, mm. officers didn't know how they could safely pull, um, put aboard the lifeboats, and launch them. Um, the third-class passengers were left to fend for themselves, causing them to be trapped below decks yeah uh, when the ship's filled with water because
0: of the watertight doors. Yeah. Yep. Bulkheads.
1: And the women and children first protocol was really followed here, especially when loading the lifeboat, um, when loading the lifeboats. So most of the male passengers and crew were left aboard because, and the women and children survived at rates of, of about 75 Jeez. and 50%, while only 20% of the men survived.
0: Yeah. To, to, to add context to that, if you don't mind real fast, that was something that I looked up to the, in the movie, the Titanic, um, there was a, it portrays like, the gates were closed or whatever and then the third class passengers kind of got locked below the deck um
1: which was actually accurate
0: that's accurate however
1: not in the way that the movie portrayed it because they made it seem like it was literally like permission gates that this the crew of the boat had control over right Um, um it doesn't appear that that was the case
0: exactly what happened in that situation is is like the bottom part of a cruise ship or at least modern day cruise ships this is what i'm going off of i'm sure it was pretty similar to the titanic so um again like i assume it would be similar to the titanic uh but therefore the bottom part of the ship like is divided into four sections a ship is designed to stay afloat if two of those sections get damaged by something because you shut the watertight doors the watertight doors theoretically do their job it prevents water from getting into the rest of the ship you're still carrying Thus water
1: either slowing the sinking exactly. or potentially preventing sinking and depending on the you, situation,
0: get, giving it at least enough of a time for you to exit off of lifeboats. But yeah, because of the way that the Titanic was set up and even the same thing with crew cabins. Now you get your cabins down there where the watertight doors are. If you don't get the fuck, like if, if you're, if, you really just gotta be a thing of luck because as soon as the bottom part of that ship gets damaged, Watertight doors are being closed immediately because mm-hmm. those are those are like your lifeblood. If those don't close completely, you're fucked. Yeah. So unfortunately, what happened is is there were passengers and or crew members probably both down there that water came on. Watertight doors, you know, obviously, like, you're trying to take on water. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of water coming onto the ship at any given second because you are underwater.
1: I think the way that they portrayed it in the movie is only accurate because um, these were not automated doors. Right. These were doors that had to have been shut by a crew member. Absolutely. So, I guess, in theory, the way that the movie portrays it is that... They weren't allowed to go through because if the person had waited an extra five minutes, if the person had decided not to shut that gate, but that's just not how it would work like functionally on a a ship. And also, to be fair, maybe they could have waited, but the crew was not trained effectively. Right. So they may not have even known. They just probably were told, shut the door, shut the doors. You know what I mean? Well,
0: and and what, from what you said, it was like at the waterline, they couldn't have waited. Those things needed to be closed before the wreck even happened. If you're doing it manually, that's just from my thing. But yeah, what happened is, is they will close the watertight doors. They closed the bulkheads because they had to, and people were just trapped. That's they drowned before. I guess it's like a show of mercy. If you think about it, they drowned before
1: the boat was even, the boat fully, was underwater. even fully underwater. Yeah. So, so, um, between 2.10 and 2.15 a.m., a little over two hours, two and a half hours after the Titanic struck the iceberg, the rate of sinking suddenly increased because the boat deck dipped underwater. And so now the water is coming in through open hatches and g- gates, grates and stuff that you can't control, you know. Um, and then the, support, the stern rose out of the water and that's where you get that like um, kind of picturesque image of a boat with like the front end fully straight like the boat straight up in the air with the front end down um because for a long time they really thought that's how the boat sank you know what i'm saying um and then with that it did allow it to remain buoyant for a little bit because now Mm -hmm. there's more air up in the end of the at the the back of the boat now uh which is now vertical in the air yeah and that's also where the scene in the movie comes from with people literally hanging on to the side of the boat because it was truly vertical into the air and there was probably hundreds of people hanging on to this oh um, for sure you know boat and at around 220 a.m it's believed that the you know the, the titanic had sunk in one piece um of course at the end ultimately they discovered many years later that it had actually snapped so eventually at some point in that the boat snapped and then both pieces fell into the water and then ultimately sunk Um, all remaining passengers and crew were immersed in water at a temperature of negative two degrees celsius which is 28 degrees fahrenheit only five of the people who were in the water were helped into lifeboats even though the lifeboats one didn't have everybody on them because the crew had not been trained on how many people they could put on a lifeboat. Mm. Um, So technically the lifeboats actually had room for about 500 more people than what they were currently carrying.
0: Jesus.
1: Um, The ship had sent distress signals by wireless rocket and lamp. um, But none of the ships that were, that responded were nearby enough to reach the Titanic before it sank. And a radio operator on board of the SS Burma um, estimated that it would probably be, about 6 a.m. before they could have even arrived to that area to help them. The SS Californian was the last one to have contact or have been in contact before the collision saw the Titanic's flares, but didn't assist. I don't know why. I didn't look into that.
0: Yeah, that that's some one of the things about they were in the I figured
1: area. I figured you would, but yeah. they were at least close enough to see flares. Yeah. And they failed to assist.
0: There's a reason. I know why. Um, and that's what okay, I'll get cool. into in a second.
1: And then the around four AM, the RMS Carpathia arrived on scene and that was in response to the um distress calls they'd received earlier. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um the lifeboats had been lowered, were only filled up... Sorry, when the ship had sank, the lifeboats that had been lowered were only filled up to an average about 60%. 706 people survived the dis- disaster and were conveyed by the Carpathia to New York, and which was the original destination, while about 1,517 people died. Um, Carpathia's captain described the place as an ice field that had included at least 20 large icebergs measuring up to 200 feet Jeez. Uh, tall. And numerous smaller icebergs as well as ice flows and debris from the Titanic and passengers describe a vast um, um, which was studded with icebergs and the area is now known as Iceberg Alley. There uh, was a lot of drama and miscommunication with those at shore, um, because it was originally reported that the ship had had an accident, Mm. but was mostly okay that they just evacuated people, uh, um, some of the people, and that the ship would be following along as soon as they could. Um, But obviously, that's not true. Sure. Um, I'm almost done here. I promise. No,
0: you're good. I'm here for it. It sounds. I love. I love. I love this type of shit. So this is perfect.
1: So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Titanic was thought to have sunk in one piece, and over the years, many um, like schemes, experiments, voyages were put forward for getting the wreck out of the water. Nothing worked, and the fundamental problem was really finding and reaching the wreck that lies over twelve thousand feet below the mm. surface. And under that, that far down, the water pressure is about 6,000 pounds per square inch. Um, A number of expeditions were mounted to find the Titanic, but it was actually not until September 1st, 1985, that they found the actual boat under the water.
0: Wow. So
1: what, 70 years later?
0: Wow. Thank you, James Cameron. I'm just kidding. I don't actually think um, he was the first person to find it, but still. No,
1: it was a um, uh, Franco-American expedition led by John Louis Michel and Robert Ballard.
0: Dude, that's sick. Um, Um, Dude, that's... I would love to see the Titanic. I won't probably ever, but that would be so fun.
1: So they did discover at that point that the Titanic had in fact split apart, probably Mm. near or at the surface before sinking, and that the separated um, front and back of the ship, the bow and the stern, lie about a third of a mile apart in the Titanic Canyon, is what this area is called, and that's off the coast of Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Um, They are located about 13.2 miles from the inaccurate coordinates that were given by the Titanic's radio operators on the night of her sinking. And approximately 715 miles from Halifax. And they were 1,250 miles away from New York. So they were still very far away from.
0: Imagine being 13 miles away from the coordinates you gave out.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if that's a user error or if that was on purpose or what the... Maybe you are going to talk about that in a second, but...
0: um, I mean, I don't have anything to say about it, but it's 1912. I just... Fuck. And I mean, I get it, right? Like, technology didn't exist, but they would have been trained for that. And it's interesting because you say that these are the best people that they had. They brought them over from the Olympic?
1: Well, the like bridge crew yes well
0: but that's who would have given so i'm stressing.
1: well i said radio operator so i'm not sure who those They're people in were in relation so. or
0: well they should have been in the bridge it's weird because like i'm going off of modern day cruise ships but obviously these are very very different how i mean obviously modern day cruise ships we were trained for this type of shit. so mm-hmm. this to me sounds just fucking insane Well, and you have
1: technology on your side as well
0: absolutely to we to do help
1: with any like human error
0: well, we have radar that shows you exactly what's underneath the ship. You're not hitting icebergs in modern day cruise ships. And if you do, your captain's a fucking idiot.
1: All right. I'm not going to say anything about that because I don't know if that would what, what that would be like if that happened currently. Well, I'm
0: just saying if you hit an iceberg with all the technology you have, your captain, whoever's in the bridge at that point wasn't doing their job.
1: Um, so, since the initial discovery of the wreck, the Titanic has been revisited by um, a lot of people scientists, explorers, filmmakers, tourists, salvagers. James Cameron. <coughs> and they've recovered thousands of items from the debris field for conservation and uh, public display. The ship's condition has deteriorated significantly. Um, over, you know, a hundred years and particularly from accidental damage by submersibles, but also because of the accelerating r- rate of growth of iron eating bacteria that's in the hull of the ship. Hell yeah! In 2006, it was estimated that within 50 years, the hull and structure of the Titanic would collapse entirely, leaving only the more durable interior fittings of the ship, um, like on the seafloor. Artifacts from the Titanic have been recovered from the seabed by RMS Titanic Inc, which exhibits them in touring exhibitions around the world and in permanent exhibitions at the Luxor Las Vegas hotel and casino in Las Vegas. And a number of other museums have artifacts as well that were donated either by survivors or retrieved from the floating bodies of the victims of this, uh, disaster. Now on, um, April 16th, 2012, the day after the hundredth anniversary of the sinking photos were released, possibly showing are showing possible human remains resting on the ocean floor. The photos were taken by Robert Ballard, who is the person who had originally um, discovered the ship in 85 or whatever year it was. And that was during an expedition that was led in 2004. It shows a boot and a, clo- a coat close to the Titanic's stern, um, which experts call compelling evidence that it's a spot where someone came to rest. I'm sorry, but that's 12,000 feet of water that they're falling through. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Whether it was on someone or it fell off of them while they were literally drowning.
0: You're dead. Like, and and the depths of, the, of that water, you can't survive. Are they saying somebody rested there under the water? No, no,
1: no. They're just saying that's where someone's body ended up at.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: which isn't impossible. Sure. But they're essentially saying that yes, from what they can see, they can see a boot and a coat, um, and that the human remains themselves would be buried in the sand and stuff underneath the boot and the coat. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that how do, how the fuck do you know? Mm-hmm. Like
0: that shit's so crazy. This is
1: twelve thousand feet from the surface of the water. Do you know how much you'd be floating shit around? Like I drop something in a, in the sink from here (laughs) and then by the time i go to grab it it's it's all the way over there yeah like by the time it hits the bottom
0: yeah facts
1: now um the thing is here that is that the wreck of the titanic falls under the scope of the 2001 unesco convention which is on the protection of underwater cultural heritage and that means that all states party to the convention will prohibit the pillaging commercial exploitation sale and dispersion of the wrecks and its artifacts and because of the location of the wreck in international waters and the lack of an exclusive jurisdiction over the wreckage area, um, the convention provides a state cooperation system, which basically means that any state, which doesn't mean like United States, but like any government that's wanting to investigate, mess with, pull up, get things from, you know, this wreck have to like agree.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: So they have to inform each other of any potential activity um, concerning the ancient shipwreck site and cooperate to prevent unscientific or unethical intervention. So they have Damn. to work together and agree, and then you know make sure that it's yeah. real and not unethical. So that's part of the reason why there hasn't been as many um, excursions down underwater yeah. to look for bodies to look for more evidence. Um, but I do have um, two fun facts. A few fun facts, actually. And then I'm done. Um, That being that, did you know that there is a city in Oklahoma called Titanic? I did not. Um, There's also a city in Saskatchewan, Canada, that's called Titanic. Oh, wow. Um, And then also, literally like two days ago, um, a first class dinner menu, which was believed to be the only one in existence for April 11th, 1912, from the Titanic... Um, is expected to sell for about fifty thousand to seventy thousand pounds. Um, that they in, in an auction. The menu list dishes including oysters, tornadoes of beef, spring lamb, mallard duck, and and show signs of water immersion, and it's only partially erased. So on November eleventh, two thousand and twenty three, um, it's going to be auctioned off at the Henry Aldridge and Son um, auction house in devices wiltshire in the uk let's go so it's pretty cool i mean it's like one of the there's a few other artifacts too that are like exclusively like like this one like it's the only known copy of this dinner menu from the first class that's really cool um and then there's like a pocket watch and a few things from like survivors of the ship or from victims that are being auctioned off as well but i thought it was pretty cool that it was That'd like be literally awesome. 2 days ago. Yeah, that'd like be when so when I'm doing awesome. my research, It's like they had found it or not, I don't know if they had found it, but they at least were putting it up for auction at that point.
0: I'd love to see that. That'd be so cool. Yeah, it would be cool. That'd be that'd be so awesome. I love shit like that. Thank you for sharing. Good research, Megs.
1: Thank you. I know it was a really long episode and I'm sorry. I didn't expect for it to be that long. Um I need to take a break for like 2 seconds.
0: You're good. Go for it. Yo, nobody hates to interrupt ourselves more than us. But we have some exciting news.
1: We do. We have a website. Can you guess what <laughs> it is? Let's go. What is it? It is wtftpodcast.com Woo! And on there, you can find all of our episodes all in one place so you can binge them if you want to. And we know you want to. All right now. But you can also find merch. We have Ooh. exclusive What the French Toast merch on our website.
0: whoa get that merch, my friends. And while you're on the website, Go ahead and hit that contact us page, submit your topic ideas, tell us which episode is your favorite, and feel free to tell us which one of us is your favorite.
1: It's me, I know it is.
0: That's probably true. Shit. All right, my friends, that is it. Now, we'll get you right back to the episode.
1: So, that was like the history of the Titanic, how it was built, what it looked like. What happened on the day that it set sail. Nice
0: job, Meg. And
1: what happened the day that it sank. Let's go. Um, I know that you also came to this episode with some theories, uh, that are behind like what could have happened or like conspiracies. Yeah. Behind it did. It. Yep. Um, but I wanted to talk about really quickly some of the like fatal design flaws that were on Ooh. this ship. Um yeah, prior no, let's to getting go. into your like conspiracies. Yeah, of course. Just because these are things that um may or may not have contributed specifically. Like they obviously didn't cause the ship to hit an iceberg. But they could have been big contributors, like, yeah. But things that contributed to, because it hit an iceberg, now these things, that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? there yeah, no, let's go. So some people say that the Titanic was doomed from the start um, because the design, most people were like, oh, this is fucking awesome, this is state of the art. But the ships actually featured a double bottom with 15 watertight bulkhead compartments that were equipped... Oh, these were um, watertight doors, electric watertight doors, and they could be operated individually or simultaneously by a switch from the bridge. But it was these same watertight bulkheads that inspired in Shipbuilder magazine a special issue de- devoted to the Olympic liners to deem them pra- practically unsinkable, right? Um, but the water com- watertight compartment design contained a flaw that was a critical factor in the Titanic sinking. And that was that while the individual bulkheads were watertight, the walls separating the the bulkheads only extended a few feet above the waterline. So water could pour from one compartment into another if the ship began to like pitch or list from one side to the other or move a little like, you know, jerk a little too forward. That's dumb. So it really wasn't like conducive. So in this case, for example, when water starts pouring in, even though the technical compartment is watertight, the walls separating them were not very tall Mm. above the bulkhead. So if while the ship is rocking about, it's literally sinking and millions of gallons of water are rushing in. Water is going over the sides of these bulkheads into the other bulkheads. Does that make sense? So even if those bulkheads weren't sealed anyways.
0: You might as well just take a man with a bucket, put him down there, and just say, good luck, Carl. (laughs) Yeah,
1: hope you make it, homie.
0: (laughs) Get out of there, brother.
1: (laughs) Now, the second critical safety lapse that contributed to the loss of so many lives in this um, situation was, of course, the uh, inadequate number of lifeboats that the Titanic had. Um, They only had 16 boats, and um, that also plus four collapsibles. And could could accommodate 1,178 people. Um, That's still less than how many people, passengers, were on the boat at the time that the Titanic sank. Um, And that's what they expected for max capacity. And again, a reminder that max capacity, the Titanic could carry 2,435 people and about a a crew of approximately 900. So the total capacity technically of this boat was over 3,300 people. Wow including crew.
0: That's a lot And for the ship of that size.
1: The amount of lifeboats that were on the ship could only accommodate about 1,178
0: well, people. there's a fucking So mistake. literally
1: less than half.
0: Yeah, you guys were fucked from the start. That's yeah. how, there's just like the safety precautions, the crew not being trained, you not knowing <laughs> what the fuck to do in case this exact thing happened. Yeah. yeah of course you And then, me.
1: Which is another point that I'm gonna make really quickly is even if the life- lifeboats were fully loaded to capacity during an emergency evacuation, there were only enough available seats for one third of the people that were on board. And again, it just absolutely inadequate, especially by today's standards. Um, they actually exceeded the amount of lifeboats that were required by the British Board of Trade. Wow. So, yeah, that's it. Wow. Those are just uh, two things that kind of contributed. To not only the, the actual sinking of the ship, but the reason that so many people died that day. Wow. Because of an oversight from whoever was responsible Jeez. for those things. Jeez. So, yeah.
0: That's unfortunate. All right. Well, I have some theories here, Megan. Mm-hmm. These theories. I'm
1: very excited.
0: Let's go. So, these theories. I only have four. Okay. Um. If you guys want to hear more theories, these are the f- these are four theories that I picked. There are a lot of theories like that, but I went on a different route. I went a more interesting route, in my opinion, uh-huh. uh, and I picked some theories that more just like sound wild. Yeah, more wild. But with that being said, I will start off with one theory. So there's four. Number one is what we talked about earlier. There's an Irish journalist named Senan 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 Maloney, and he claimed that the hull of the ship was actually compromised weeks before the ship even set sail mm-hmm. um he through researching and through photos and through by the way eyewitness testimony from the time maloney contends that a fire spontaneously lit inside of one of the titanic's coal bunkers and which it, we knew
1: about yeah and they knew about
0: absolutely uh but that the fire critically weakened a very crucial segment of the whole of the ship
1: which is fair too
0: right um the titanic was a single-skin ship Um, and this is what Maloney goes on to tell the smithsonian.com, but uh, the ship is a single-skin ship, and by that means, while modern ships contain two hulls, the Titanic only had one. Because of this, The bunkers where the crew stored coal for the engines sit right next to the hull. The heat from the fire would have transferred directly to the skin of the ship, damaging the Titanic structure. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for Maloney, who has spent decades studying the Titanic specifically, he says the quote unquote smoking gun came in a recent discovery of a collection of photographs documenting the ship's construction and preparations for its maiden voyage. The ship's construction shows the hull of the ship. Perfect fine but the photos taken by the engineer chief of harland and wolf which is the belfast-based company that built the vessel um that's who took the photos of the Mm -hmm. the ship while it was being built When it was finished, they took photos. Everything looks good. But Maloney and a collaborator purchased the photographs from the descendant of the company's director, and they had also taken photos of the ship the day of its maiden voyage. Whenever they found the pictures and they purchased the pictures, they found that um, as they looked over the images, Maloney was shocked to see a 30-foot-long black streak documented on the outside of the Titanic's hull where the iceberg struck its starboard side initially. That was taken. That picture was taken the day of the maiden voyage. So the day of the maiden voyage, there was a thirty-foot-long black streak from a coal fire on the outside of the ship, which is proof that it damaged the skin of the ship, as they initially thought. Yeah, and I mean,
1: how could it not have? Because that fire was burning ten days for ten days before the ship left, you know, port. Right. And they didn't even put it out until what three days or two or three days after they right. had let, they had set sail right so this ship this thing is burning for like 14 days
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean yeah. like it's on fire right i don't have to be a firefighter to tell you that's not a good thing even right. if it was normal for this specific situation for 14 ish days that's ridiculous it's
0: on fire and you're about to put this thing on the water
1: it was on the water
0: <laughs> well you're about to set sail in this thing though?
1: yeah but they set sail and they were on the water for three fucking days with this fire going before they put it out dumbasses so well and then they cover no it wonder up because it, of
0: fear of bad press because and no yeah. wonder there's
1: a black streak because yeah. at that point the fire had been burning for 10 fucking days Yeah, that's
0: wild that's fucking insane um number two there is a theory out there megan and I don't put a lot of stock in this, but who knows? There's a theory out there. The Titanic never actually sink. Hear me out, though, because it actually kind of makes sense. So J.P. Morgan, who uh-huh. owned White Star who, Liners. And
1: he owned the boat. And yeah. he owned
0: the boat. Uh, J.P. Morgan. Continuously comes up again and again in conspiracy theories, uh, mostly because of the uh, fact that the American... What?
1: I was going to say, because he's fucking rich. Yeah. And we always be questioning people who were fucking rich. Every time. Yeah.
0: I got my eye on you, Elon. Anyway, uh, he comes up again and again, mostly because of the fact that the American owned the ship. Um, a large part of the reason that he seems to be the center of many of these conspiracies, though, is because he actually backed out of the one and only voyage of the ship literally hours oh, before yeah. it was supposed to say I sale. saw
1: that I didn't mention it in my yeah. thing because I didn't want to go into who JP Morgan was and why he was involved and why he was a big deal right or specific names of people who were were I mean I, I know I did mention specific names but yeah right. yeah he backed out like the day of and was like I don't really want to go anywhere peace
0: um JP Morgan knew about the fire on board and it is said that he went and he got the damages appraised and the damage no, wait. Um, the Olympic, sorry, the Olympic had some problems with it. The Olympic, he, the the cost of what it was going to take to get the Olympic fixed was going to be like three million dollars, mm-hmm. something wild, and that wasn't insurance wouldn't have covered at the time because of what was wrong with it. So it would have had to come out of his own pocket. It is said that he switched the Olympic and the Titanic around. Because they were painted yeah. the exact same, they looked the exact same. It said that he just literally painted the words Titanic on the Olympic and then Titan and Olympic on the Titanic, and then actually set sail on the Olympic. So that's because why it was there was already more damaged. damage. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the Olympic is that there was a fire on the hull of the ship. And there was a 30-foot-long black streak on the hull of the ship the day they set sail on the Titanic. And not to mention the fact that he backed out of the voyage hours before it was supposed to set sail. Obviously, his absence led to super, like a ton of people alleging that he deliberately sabotaged the Titanic in order to kill off several of his competitors. Which, by the way, all of those competitors that opposed his plans for the Federal Reserve were on the Titanic. Everybody that well, was opposing... yeah, Everybody that opposed his uh, attempt to start the Federal Reserve, everybody that opposed it, everybody mm-hmm. was against it, was on the Titanic. He backed out hours before, and then conveniently, everybody died. And then the Federal Reserve went up because nobody was there to push back on it. Um, so, could it be that the sinking of the Titanic was just an elaborate plan to kill the people that stood in the way of J.P. Morgan's plans for the Federal Reserve? Or, and or because it was going to be too expensive to fix the olympic therefore he switched the ships because the olympic is still quote-unquote setting this olympic still ex- exists today yeah. and they still set sails on it could it be that that olympic is actually the titanic and the titanic was the unsinkable ship because here it is in 2023 ship still up ship still sails could it be the titanic never sink
1: interesting that's a fact or like a um, perspective that i hadn't seen during my research
0: you want to hear another crazy one?
1: And that one I could see how that could potentially yeah. be plausible. It makes sense. I mean, obviously, th- I feel like it'll never be proven. It,
0: uh, it definitely won't. You know, it definitely but, like, won't.
1: Even if they could prove it by documents or whatever, like it was so long ago, over a hundred years ago.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. It does. It doesn't really even matter? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess it would matter. I mean, but, it
1: matters because a right. thousand people died. You know right. what I mean? But like, I mean, ultimately. It, it doesn't yeah. bring those people back. It doesn't take away the mistakes that, that, that those right. people might have made who played a part in anything that did or didn't go wrong during the point of the sh- ship. Right. You know.
0: It would be interesting to know, though. It would be very interesting to know. Here's another crazy one. This is a theory of a German U-boat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I, I really thought you were about to throw up. I really thought that's what was happening. I was trying I got to hold it to, in. I was in the line of fire. I was like, no, Megan. Uh. Yeah, you're struggling. All right, you ready?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Megan. So this theory is also kind of wild. Okay. Uh, several survivors, including both passengers and crew members, were questioned by U.S. Senate and inquiry panels. And they all testified that they never felt any impact or heard any sound when the collision allegedly occurred, suggesting- Wait, I'm
1: sorry. Who was it that, that says that?
0: Surviving, crew pa- surviving passengers and crew members of the Titanic.
1: That's what I was saying also whenever I said that. It, um, I don't know if I specifically included it, but one of the articles that I read had said that it wasn't a direct impact. Right. And it was actually really unnoticeable. Like, even the um, person who had told the ship to turn and stuff was kind of like, it's fine.
0: Right. Um, They all testified, yeah, that they never felt any impact or heard any sound when the collision allegedly occurred, suggesting that it wasn't that bad. However, they reported having heard four reports of explosions deep in the bowels of the Titanic after it had scraped the iceberg. After it had scraped the iceberg, there were explosions.
1: Which These- would kind of make sense because, I mean, the theory is that there there isn't particularly a hole in the hole from the iceberg itself, but that the way that the the, right. the hole d- dented, it then you know, bowed and stuff in there and then the water rushed in that way. Right. So the sounds that they could have heard could have been water rushing in or the sounds of you know, boilers or something like yeah. that that were exploding or, or, you know, having an impact because all this water is now rushing in where yeah. it's not supposed to be.
0: For sure. Um, conceivably, they could have also been torpedoes launched by a German submarine. Uh, a number of survivors huddled in lifeboats observed a searchlight in the distance, which encouraged hmm. them that a rescue vessel was approaching. The light had been attributed to the Californian, but that ship's captain, Stanley Lord, insisted that it was not his liner, but that was the ship that was close enough to where they could Mm -hmm. see the flares. Stanley Lord said he did not help because there was another vessel in between his vessel and the Titanic.
1: Interesting. Um, Did he specify what type of vessel or what he noticed or was it on radar or like, how did he know that?
0: He saw it. Okay, they so. were looking directly at it when but, they so saw it was saw another flares, ship yeah it was another it was a it was a vessel he didn't say whether or not it was a ship he said it was a vessel but two weeks later aliens two weeks later after titanic sank in that area a german u-boat took down another ship the lusitamia
1: interesting so so it's not out of bounds to think that they would have been targeting other ships in the area
0: if the titanic was this the titanic was the first ship the titanic would predate the Lusitania, and it was the first ship that was taken down by a german sub
1: interesting
0: but I just think it's interesting that there that was another ship in between reportedly there was another ship yeah there was another vessel in between his and Titanic
1: but he doesn't specify if it was an actual ship or like a, just a, or a he submarine said, or something well, he, that he, he did
0: say it was a vessel he didn't say it was a ship he said it was a vessel so that just Which means that could he couldn't really he clarify
1: something. what it was. But he just was knows there something. was something there.
0: And the people on the, the boats, the lifeboats that escaped said that there was something there. that thought they were going to rescue yeah, them, but they never did.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but this
0: one, this is the craziest fucking story. And I don't think you're ready for this.
1: I'm not. I need to blow my nose.
0: <laughs> you're not ready for this, Megs.
1: Probably what those Russian U-boat bombs sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) Honey. Zooming through the water.
0: Is Steven blowing his nose? Nope, honey, those are the (laughs) torpedoes. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right, Megan, here we go. Last theory, theory number four, save the best for last, save the most fucking insane thing for last.
1: Okay. I don't think I'm ready for this.
0: The princess of Amon-Ra lived about 1,500 years before Christ.
1: Oh, my fucking God. Where is this going?
0: When she died, she was laid to rest in an elaborate wooden coffin and buried buried deep in a vault at Luxor on the banks of the Nile. In the late 1890s, four wealthy young Englishmen visiting the excavations at Luxor were invited to buy an exquisitely fashioned mummy case containing the remains of Princess Amon Ra. They literally drew sticks and the man who won paid several thousand pounds at the, at the time and had the coffin taken to his hotel.
1: That was in like 1890 or something?
0: A few hours after the coffin... Yeah, 1890. A few hours... 1890s, yeah. A few hours after the, ho- the coffin was taken to his hotel, that man was seen walking out towards the desert and that was the last time anybody ever saw him ever. The next day... One of the remaining three men was shot by an Egyptian servant accidentally, and his arm was so severely wounded that it had to be amputated. Mm. The third man in the group found on his return home that the bank holding his entire savings had failed. The fourth guy suffered a severe illness, lost his job, and was reduced to selling matches in the streets.
1: You know what that sounds like to me? Hmm. Curse of the mummy.
0: I'm just saying. Nevertheless, though, Megan, the coffin reached England, causing multiple other misfortunes along the way. But finally... It's cursed. It was brought to London by a businessman. After this businessman had purchased the princess, three of his family members had been injured in a road accident, and his house was damaged by a fire.
1: Yeah, um, because why are you fucking with people's dead bodies? Right. Let them rest. Let them rest in peace. You're cursed now.
0: Yeah. Uh, His house was damaged by a fire. Given the events that followed after the purchase, the businessman donated it to the British Museum. As the coffin was being unloaded from a truck the museum in the museum courtyard, the truck suddenly went into reverse and trapped a passerby. Then, as the casket was being lifted up the stairs by two workmen, one fell and broke his leg, and the other, apparently was in perfect health, died unexpectedly two days later. It's a curse. It's a curse. Once the princess was installed in the Egyptian room trouble actually really started then the museum's night watchmen frequently heard frantic hammering and sobbing coming from the coffin and other exhibits in the room were also often talked about one night one night one watchman died on duty making the other met watchman wanting to quit and then cleaners at that point refused to go near the princess Oh, uh, it- fair listen here though At one point, a visitor mockingly flicked a dust cloth at the face painted on the coffin. His child died of measles the next day.
1: Listen, I'm not saying she is cursed, right? Because she is not doing anything wrong here. Her
0: coffin is cursed. No, no, no. no. Her coffin's
1: not even cursed. Because she was just chilling in her final resting place where her people had intended for her to be. That's a curse. And then other people had to come and fuck that shit up. And so now they're getting what they deserve for fucking shit up. Put her back where she belongs. And guess what?
0: Your problems will stop. Hopefully. Everything
1: would be fine. She just wants to rest where she was intended to rest.
0: After the authorities uh, or after the child died of measles, the authorities of the museum carried the mummy down to the basement, figuring that it couldn't possibly do any harm down there.
1: Have you ever seen Nightmare at the Museum? Or what is it What is it? Nightmare this at the Museum. Is that what it's called? Night
0: at the museum. Night
1: at the museum. That's not how that works.
0: (laughs) Uh, Finally, the... Okay, yeah. So, within a week of the mummy being down in the museum, one of the helpers became seriously ill, and the supervisor uh, of the move down to the museum was found dead on his desk. Mm. By now, obviously, the papers heard of it. A journalist photographer took a picture of the mummy case, and, Megan, when the picture developed... The painting on the coffin would just says it was of a horrifying human face. Shocker! The I photographer, can't believe. yeah, the photographer then went home, locked his bedroom door, and shot himself.
1: I mean, why are we? I mean, I I don't even know what, where we're at at this point. I understand what we're talking about right now, but like, why are we shocked by these things? Right. Y'all fucked with some shit you shouldn't have been <laughs> fucking with.
0: Soon afterwards the museum sold the mummy to a private collector after continual misfortune and deaths the owner banished the mummy to the attic because we've that's worked so well before
1: do we know what when this is now at this point
0: uh no
1: i mean this is all happening pretty fast because yeah. if this is in relation to the titanic that was only 20 years after they yeah. bought her
0: um a well-known authority on the occult who was named Madame helena blavatsky visited the premises of the man's house where the mummy was in the attic and upon entry she was sized with a shivering fit and searched the entire house for a source of evil uh and eventually came to the attic where she found the mummy case so the owner of the house said can you even exercise the evil spirit uh the Miss Blavatsky Blavatsky said that there's no such thing as an exorcism. Evil remains evil for evil forever. Nothing can be done about it. I would, I would implore you to get rid of this as soon as possible. But at this point, no more museum would take the money mummy. Nobody else was going to take the mummy. No British museums would take the mummy. And the fact that almost 20 people had been met with misfortune or disaster or death from handling the casket in 10 years uh-huh. was now super well known nobody would take it yeah and then eventually an american archaeologist americans. who dismissed all of the happenings as a quirk of circumstance americans paid a nice little price for the mummy and arranged for its removal removal arranged for the mummy's removal to new york in april of 19th 1912.
1: Hmm.
0: The new owner escorted his treasure aboard a brand new white star liner about to make its maiden voyage to New York. And on the night of April 14th, an unprecedented horror and potentially accompanied by the princess of amun 1500 passengers to their death at the bottom of the Atlantic. That ship, my friend, that the mummy was on was the fucking Titanic. Princess Amun-Ra sank with the Titanic.
1: I just, again, fucking with shit you shouldn't be fucking with. You knew shit was going wrong. <laughs> you put her on a boat with 1,500 fucking I people know, and thought that it would just be chill.
0: Fucking dead. Everyone's fucking dead. And, and you it's just, your fault, American bitch. Fuck, we're fucking up. So all of this begs the question, Megan. Was it a curse of Princess Amon-Ra? Was this the product of a fire in the hull of the ship weeks before the vessel even set sail? Was this a case of people standing in the way of J.P. Morgan's creating the Federal Reserve? Or was it really just as simple uh, as as the unsinkable ship of dreams hitting an iceberg and sunk in a tragic way? Or was it a German U-boat? Or was it something else? How or why did the Titanic sink? We would love to hear your thoughts. Go to WTFTPodcast.com, Go to the contact us page and tell us. Tell us, what do you think happened to the Titanic? Do any of these theories interest you? Do any of these theories make you say no fucking way?
1: Or do you have a theory that you know of or have heard of that is... do you have
0: your own theory? Yeah. While you're on WTFDpodcast.com, my friends, make sure you comp some merch 30% off right up until the end of November. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: You can use the code... WTFT30. And I promise I'm not sad. I'm now just like, what the French toast is going on? It doesn't make sense.
0: And this is why we're named What the French Toast. Most random podcast on the internet, my friend. Stay tuned for next week because we have a hell of a story coming at you. I love you guys. We will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. Happy holidays.
0: Bye. My friends, that has been the episode. We appreciate you coming out and spending time with us today. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a follow.
1: You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you find your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at wtft podcast. We're also on Facebook at What the French Toast Podcast. And you can email us your stories, topics, or opinions at WTFTPod at gmail.com.
0: I'm Skylar. I'm Megan. And this has been What The French Toast.